Hello, and welcome to the Extension Experience Podcast with your hosts, Josh Bouchong, Trent Malachik, and Dana Zook. Here you'll find insights into Oklahoma agriculture from West Area Specialists employed by Oklahoma State University Extension. Their perspectives come from assisting county educators and producers in the areas of agronomy, animal science, and economics. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to the Extension Experience Podcast. My name is Trent Malachik. I'm Dana Zook. And Josh Bashong. It's the hap, hap, happiest time of the year for Christmas, is it not, Josh and Dana? Everyone's oh, excited. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, all the joyous things are going on and a lot of a lot of traditions involved in Christmas and what people do and how they celebrate and nothing more contentious than the ever present Christmas tree. Now, Dana, you said I was going to be the oddball out. Let's talk about what types of Christmas trees we keep in our house. Okay. Well, what type of Christmas tree like? Are you talking brand or live versus dead? Dead. Or Sam's Club version. Okay. Yeah. So so I, I think you're referring to live versus artificial. And so... I have a live Christmas tree in my house and I've always had a live Christmas tree, even when I was a kid. So we just kind of carry on the tradition. Um, Honestly, I will say it's because my husband does not like to carry things up into the attic and neither do I. So we get get in his car and drive to the store and purchase said tree, bring it home, pull it inside. Okay. I got yes, it. Simpler. Absolutely. We hate storage. <laughs> we hate storing things. I know it sounds ridiculous, but we like the live thing and it does smell nice. So we're all about that. What do you do, Josh? Oh, growing up, we always had artificial, but since being with my wife, we usually try to get a, a live tree every year. Um, we've tried red cedars before and that got my allergies more than our Ooh. typical standard live Christmas trees that we'll get into, but uh, for the most part, we've been trying to do with live Christmas trees. Yeah. And so Trent, you didn't tell us what you have. Might be better homes and gardens. <laughs> I don't remember what brand it is. <laughs> Pretty sure it came from Hobby Lobby though. Yeah. I've, I've always had artificial trees and from my observation, that tends to be very family specific. Uh, and as Josh mentioned, if someone grew up with artificial trees and someone didn't, they're always the one that loses out and they go back to having having real trees. Seems like having a real tree is something that you're very uh, fond of or have a lot of attachment to. And those of us that hang out with the PVC green colored trees don't tend to worry too much about our traditions when it comes to having artificials. But we can make it smell good. They sell a little scent scent sticks you can put in a fake tree and make it smell like a real one. No allergies included. Yes, I would say like the allergy situation probably is an issue. You know, some people have issues with pine or whatever. So I don't blame you if you have allergies. And but I, I think that's an interesting fact, Trent, that when you get married, the person that has the artificial tree loses out. Like, of course, we're going to keep the live tree tradition um, yeah. because my, my, husband, my husband never had a live Christmas tree until he married me. And then I must have forced him into 
<laughs> into, you know, getting a live tree. So maybe it isn't his opinion. <laughs> maybe it's mine. I'm, I'm going to venture to guess it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Annette, Sway, Josh, and like my, my brother's wife, she uh, got him to do a live Christmas tree. So it's, that's how it always happens. Okay. Very rarely goes the other way. I think it's more of a matter of indifference rather than trying to pick a battle. <laughs> this sounds like a family psychology session. <laughs> Holidays aren't. <laughs> oh, that's true. Brings oh, out the best and worst of everybody. I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's an interesting time of year. Um, but we did some research prior to getting on here, and so. Josh has some local Oklahoma Christmas tree statistics for us. Well, as far as those listed with uh, USDA, as far as census-wise go, only five of the farms have been reporting to the Oklahoma Ag statistics that we can pull from. But if you get online, you'll see there's at least 17 or more Christmas farms across Oklahoma. Not all of them are growing their own trees, uh, but most of them are. Uh, they can go out and cut. But of those five listed with the USDA data, uh, they're raising over 4,700 trees a year to be cut and harvested, which is giving the state almost $370,000 a year. So going out and harvesting trees the last few years, that's about on par, you know, 70 to $80 for a seven to eight foot tall tree. Um, seems about right but i was kind of didn't know why there's not as many listed on usda i guess not all of them considered it a ag product maybe trent but uh, yeah and a lot of that has to do with how many people are reporting in a given area and confidentiality yeah. and things like that then to have to have several different reporting from a region for them to publish that data sometimes yes. it comes into the other category as well but. So those are those are just Christmas trees probably that have been cut in Oklahoma. I wonder if because a lot of those Christmas tree farms probably bring in Christmas trees too to supplement because yeah, that's what I've gotten before. Especially the ones that people are kind of more desired towards that we can't grow here. Mm -hmm. um, but most of them, I think, in Oklahoma are growing those Virginia pines and some others. But if you're wanting the upper tier, I guess you can say species they usually bring those in and get mm -hmm. them harvested as fresh as they can and sold as quick as they can i will have to say i'm one of those people i have always chosen the one that is pre-cut because i guess it looks more like a christmas tree to me like a douglas fir is what we have this year but it's more like a charlie brown tree honestly it's got like holes and stuff it's not one of those perfectly shaped ones but i think probably the Local trees are a little bit, yeah, they have a little bit different look. Um, well, even the one I went to this year, uh, there's a big preference difference. Some like a completely full tree that you can't really see, the, you know, the trunk in there. And some like it a little bit more open to have more room for ornaments. So it's kind of a preference, I would assume. So my wife, li my wife likes them a little more thinned out so you can fit more stuff in there. I would agree. I like the kind of more natural look. So ours is a little thin. We took the, I actually will say we took the smallest tree that was on the lot. Uh, and it was kind of the more sparse one. And the guy said, you're taking the smallest one. I said, yeah, I'm doing you a favor. I'm taking the, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ugliest one on the lot because it wasn't ugly, but it was just, you know, thinner. 
So that I, reminds me of the movie A Christmas Story where the, the dad's haggling with the tree tree salesman gets him to throw in some rope to tie to his car and all that. You should have you definitely should have used your bartering skills on that one. <laughs> yeah. Technically everything is negotiable on price. True. For perishable items that are worth nothing on December twenty sixth, yeah. Yeah, you definitely. <laughs> Look for the tree farms if they let it grow another year, it'll get even bigger and be worth more next year. So, well, that's yeah. another thing to go into is buying cut trees and buying not cut trees. And, uh, I feel like Josh is paying just as much money to have to go out and cut his own tree as the people who buy cut trees. So, value your labor, Josh. Well, the value goes into the little three-year-old helping me cut it down and having those memories. So, there's there's a value to that as well. If so, there's ever a three-year-old in my future, it's going to help me cut down these red cedars, whatever we got out there. Uh, yeah, we're going to go cut cedar trees. <laughs> like I said, we, we tried that back in college, and my sinuses do not like eastern red cedars. Well, I don't bring them inside. No, you make a bonfire out of them or something. But Josh, do you use an axe, like a lumberjack, or do you have a chainsaw? Uh, well, most of the farms I've been to, they provide you with a little handsaw. Oh, you know, very can't Very. give consumers a power tool out there. So. Oh well, probably true. Did you, did you have to sign? Did you have to sign a medical waiver? No, they just give you a rolling cart and a handsaw and tell you to go have at it. Feel like they're opening themselves up to some litigation. Here, let me hold the tree and saw on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Must be careful. Yes. Maybe it came with, you know some warning labels or something. That's funny. I've never cut one before. That's crazy. I, that's a new thing. I will, I will be honest when I, before I really, you know, got to know Oklahoma and after we were married and that sort of thing, I didn't know a single person that got a real tree. I thought it was on the downhill slide, but apparently it's still a popular thing. A real Christmas tree. Yeah. And then you haul it up to the Staging area, I guess you can call it. And most of them have a little shaker they put it into to shake all the loose needles off of and anything else that might be in there. And they roll it through the net wrap thing that kind of gets it more manageable to haul home, but all part of the experience, I guess. You didn't have to strap it to the top of your station wagon or anything like that? No, have an eight-foot bed on the truck. I can just throw it in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Not as traditional as we see in movies right <laughs> have you ever so, purchased uh, rooted trees so you could replant them oh that is cool i've thought about it i feel like that would be a way to go but then you'd have a yard full of christmas trees so you that, could just borrow it for a few years and then and then resell it to someone with taller ceilings true but it does bring up the thing that some people don't want to cut down trees but it is a crop it is renewable they're replanted every year so it is a renewable resource mm -hmm. other than Trent's PVC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of love for fake trees on some of these sites that we're doing our research on. Kind of yeah. makes me feel bad. <laughs> but I, I'd have to dig further into their research because I feel like a lot of common household uh, products contain these chemicals that they're upset about. So yeah, might be a little bit of fear mongering going on out there among the, the Christmas tree associations. <laughs> yeah. It's all marketing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think if you don't buy a new artificial tree every other year or something like that, I think it's totally fine. You know, yeah. 
So does yours, does yours have like artificial snow on it and like a little bird or do you have like a plain green Christmas tree? It does have like little pine cones or something in it that look pretty. Oh, that's cool. Look pretty real. It's pre-lighted. That is nice. Don't have to string lights at all. So, but I mean, if it was up to me, I wouldn't have a tree at all, real or fake. So. (laughs) Oh, come on, Trent. I'm telling you, if it wasn't for my wife, we would not have a tree yet by now. So where would Santa Claus, where would Santa Claus put the presents, Trent? You do understand that nobody in my house gets presents from Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) So it doesn't affect me too much. (laughs) You just get coal in your stocking. Yeah. Well, I mean, who says coal isn't useful? Stuff burns pretty hot. Coal, you need some, look at the Christmas carol. They would have loved to got coal for Christmas because they could have made true. the fire hotter. That's true. Well, <laughs> so I, I dug up some some information as far as the history of the Christmas tree. And so apparently the Egyptians used it way back in the day. They used evergreen decorations to celebrate the winter solstice. Um, they were uh, celebrating the sun god who is beginning to get well. So if you recall, the winter solstice is like the 21st, 22nd of December and daylight increases after that. So apparently that would make him happy. So that's kind of the original, they say is the original kind of Christmas tree start, but Germany had the first real Christmas tree way back in the 1500s. And the first recorded Christmas tree in the U.S. was by German settlers in Pennsylvania in the 1830s it's my little google search for you Can you imagine what western european people were thinking and all the germans brought trees into their house and they're thinking what are you doing (laughs) what is the purpose of all this going on we talked a little bit about the type of tree and the and the breeds of tree is it breed variety maybe Species? species there we go yeah what type of species of christmas trees are there Oklahoma grown, I think there's about four. You got the Virginia pine, which is kind of more of a standard. You got the needles on there, suitable for hanging ornaments and stuff. And then you got Arizona cypress, the Leland cypress, and then the white pine. So there's some options that of Christmas type trees that can be grown in Oklahoma. And just kind of depends on your look, the color you're after, and which ones require more water and which ones don't kind of maintenance of the tree you can get into next i guess i was highly surprised to hear leland cypress on that list because i feel like i could go to anybody's windbreak on the north side of their house and just chop down my own christmas tree that way yeah is is that what's in some windbreaks in oklahoma is a leland cypress pretty common yeah very fast growing tree which makes it a good christmas tree i guess very fast growing but that is also an option for people who want to replant trees you can go buy yourself a potted leland cypress and Plant it outside and it'll do well here. Yeah, I've always thought to do that, but I never, well, we live in town, so we have kind of limited area, but I think that would be cool. That does bring up a neighbor's yard. (laughs) That that does bring up a good point. I know my wife told me a story when she was growing up when she was little. They were, you know, watching this, I think it was a cedar on their fence row for a few years. That's going to be their Christmas tree one year. And then the year they were going to harvest it, someone else drove by and cut it down before they got to it. (laughs) So do get permission. Don't just go cut someone else's tree. But Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to what I say uh, <laughs> too closely because it may not be legal. 
<laughs> Most people oh, yeah. in Oklahoma won't mind you go cutting down cedars off their place or, you know, the Leland Cypress, but usually you want permission before you go cutting stuff down. Probably good some point, good advice. Adcom's going to make us put a disclaimer at the end of this episode. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So as far as care goes, I didn't see anything special. There's not really anything special besides water. Just don't ever let your real tree dry out and you should be good to go. Is that what you if saw, Josh? Yeah. If you're like you taking a pre-cut tree that's been cut for a little bit, it's kind of good practice to cut at least an inch off of the base of that trunk. Uh, so you get fresh uh, material to take in that water before you put it in the stand and then make sure you don't ever run out of water. You might have to take it all down and recut the stem or the trunk, and oh, so it'll be a lot of keep work. Taking up water mm-hmm. brings me up to the issue we had this year. We had a miscommunication between me and my wife about who was watering the tree, and the first night it went dry. So, oh no, we're debating on taking it back down and maybe cutting off the end of it and putting it back in, but it is taking up water, but not as much as we think it should. So. Yeah, I break that capillary action. You're injecting air into those yeah. capillaries, and then it can't pull water up as fast. You have to keep it wet all the time. That's like floras; they cut their flowers underwater to ensure oh. that that isn't broken. Huh? Well, if they do use a lot of water. Make sure you keep water into them. So, if you recut it, is that damage? Can you can will it then take up more water if you recut it after that, or is it just? Are you just kind of? I would think so. Out of luck. Okay. Well, try it. What do you have to lose? Just, you'll have a little bit shorter tree, right? Yeah. That's a natural process. You think about a tree in the wild has an injury. It tries to block off that injury to, to prevent things from getting into the tree. So it's kind of the same idea. But, you know, the biggest safety things I ever learned was from Christmas vacation. So <laughs> don't let don't let Cousin Eddie's dog drink all the Christmas water or Christmas tree water and don't let Uncle Lewis smoke a cigar next to it because yeah. you might you might cause a fire in the house. So be, be wary of open flames around evergreen material. And that's always a big rap about, you know, natural trees being a fire hazard, but it's not any more fire hazard than the recliner or couch in the living room either. So mm-hmm. trees don't self-combust. Yeah, they don't <laughs> <trees>. spontaneously combust. <laughs> but trees aren't treated with fire retardant material either. You ever tried to yeah. get a sofa to burn? <laughs> no, older I've ones burn done. really well. Older ones burn very well. <laughs> older ones do, but newer yeah. ones. That's a pretty difficult process to get that accomplished. Not that I have any experience personally doing things. <laughs> with the new well, LED lights and everything—they're very safe. I wouldn't yeah. suggest go putting a live candle on your trees like they used to. But. Yeah, that would be beautiful, but kind of <laughs> hazardous. <laughs> so, do you, do you guys have any fun? Christmas tree kind of things that go on your family or fun memories that happened when you were a kid or recently? I'm curious about Christmas tree toppers. Toppers? Stars and an angel. We've always gone with angel. You've gone both ways? Stars. I uh, honestly have never found a topper that is in my price range that I liked. Uh, so I just make a bow. I make a new like gold like bow with ribbon every year and put it on top. Although this year I think we're going to the kids are going to do some toilet paper crafts with a star. <laughs> That's what we do. 
you know, put a star on a toilet paper roll and stick it on top. So we're not going to like decorate it with toilet paper, just a toilet paper roll, but uh, right. pretty, <laughs> pretty non-traditional. So yeah, I guess I should have been a little bit more clear on that. Yeah, we always have a tradition of trying to get a new ornament each year, try to sum up that year. and It's always interesting, usually comical, twist to it if we can. So I have an ornament for you. It's a dumpster with flames coming out of it. I've seen that come up on Facebook. It says yeah. 2020 on the outside. So. <laughs> the dumpster fire, huh? There you go. <laughs> oh yeah, if we go on a trip, we tend to get a get an ornament from that place. There's a few NFR ornaments hanging off a tree. And canoes and various things to commemorate trips to places. That's a really great tradition. I guess I've never thought about that. We don't have anything as far as ornaments go. You go so many places, you wouldn't have any room. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it might be a good thing to start. I don't know. We don't have a lot of ornaments I tend to do. So there's a few handmade things and mostly just lights. And we don't get too crazy about it. It's not like perfectly spaced or anything like that. No tinsel, tinsel, anything like that, but. Yeah, I got a few bad tinsel stories when I was younger. Oh. We had the incandescent Christmas tree lights, and they got pretty hot. They would melt the tinsel. And we had a cat that would try to eat it, and you'd always find that in the morning. Oh. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Hopefully not barefooted. Oh, gross. <laughs> we had a cat that climbed the Christmas tree when we were kids, and it kept falling down. Um, and then, so my dad, you know, it was too big for the stand anyway. So the Christmas tree fell down like three times. So we were getting new carpet the next couple of years. So we just drilled it to the floor. <laughs> 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 I mean, so my parents would have like a 10 foot tree. We were talking about this earlier. And so it was pretty tall and, uh, some, it was kind of crooked, I think. And yep. So he just drilled it to the floor. My mom would be horrified if we, if I shared that story. So hopefully she's not listening, but it was funny. Like guy wires off the side and hold it up <laughs> yeah that's christmas vacation movie right there <laughs> the rope and it knocks out all the windows in the house <laughs> yeah we have some funny memories about that but and then we had to get rid of all the glass ornaments just because of the kids pets or kids try to knock them off yeah you have quite a few dogs don't you josh yeah you guys are a dog family i oh. thought it was crazy when my wife and I got married, you know, because growing up, we always had too many ornaments. We would box some back up and not put them on the tree because there wasn't room. We got married, didn't have any ornaments. We had to buy Christmas tree ornaments. And I thought that was the weirdest thing in the world. I was like, we're paying money to go out and buy generic ornaments. <laughs> that wasn't ever something I ever dealt with as a kid. Well, you could have done some arts and crafts and created some yourself, Trent. Yeah. We'll get a blank stare. No. See the blank stare. <laughs> Arts and crafts. I got a bottle of Elmer's glue in my house. Oh. Can we stick it together with silicone or gasket maker? Probably. Yeah, you could probably do that. With that. Oh, I do have some old car parts that could hang off the tree. It might be a little heavy, but that's the type of things I have laying around. Nuts and bolts. You could do yeah. nuts and bolts. Like, that would be an interesting Christmas tree. Like, little fun things like that. I don't think we'll do that in my house, but. I don't know. We have not put any decorations on it. It's just sitting there with nothing on it right now. That's sad. 
Yeah, that's even worse than mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I'm going slow. Like, you know, everybody's home so much. So we're just like enjoying the Christmas tree. I haven't quite got time to put the lights on yet. So it's a slow process. It kind of stresses me out to do all of it at once with two little stinkers running around trying to help. Sounds, and, so. sounds to me like they need a roll of Charmin Ultra to toss over the top. And then it would be decorated. <laughs> You'd have your bow that way. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, yeah. get them ready for Halloween next year. Oh, my goodness sakes. Now, well, that's kind of my my history from the Christmas tree situation. Always had a Christmas tree and it's been fairly traditional. Yeah, it is an important market. And it, again, you think about the economic impacts and it's a way for small farms to get a start. And you see a lot of farm to you type places with people getting the experience of going out in the outdoors because you know, chopping down trees for me is usually because they're a nuisance or I'm trying to renovate pastures or things, but it is interesting to think about how many, how many people across this country don't ever have to chop down trees. Wood burning stoves aren't that popular anymore. And there's just a big disconnect between that resource and, and the common population. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it. It's an important time of year. I'm glad it comes and goes, but you know, it also, gives our sanitation departments a lot of work and cleaning up used Christmas trees towards the end of the year. So you got to consider that and and how many people are affected by in the trucking industry and things like that, transporting these things around before and after. Mm-hmm. But something Josh probably ought to know. How do you, what's the best way to recycle a tree? They say they're recyclable. Well, yeah, uh, we've always just thrown in a burn pile, you know, with other brush, but We've seen some people throw them in ponds for fish habitat. (laughs) There you go. Uh, I do like like a good cedar tree for bass habitat. uh, A lot of townships have a place to dump them for free. There's always usually somewhere to take it. Just don't go throw it in the bar ditch on the outskirts of town. Like my comment earlier. Don't take someone else's tree and don't dump on someone else's place. Yeah, if you hit a about an eight inch or six or eight inch wide tree with a rotary mower it tends to tear things up. So don't throw them in the ditch. But yeah. we might still have limb piles from the Halloween ice storm that you can just throw it on top of. Mm-hmm. So those piles still haven't been picked up. Yeah, some of them but, are making compost. Like that's a good good thing. Yeah. It's wildlife habitat in some ways. Running through yeah, a wood some, chipper. Yeah. There's some municipalities that pick them up separate because being an evergreen, they do make good mulch. So Mm-hmm. A lot of various ways to get rid of them without just going out and dumping on the side of the road. <laughs> so. yeah, not a good, not a good practice. That's not, that's not very yeah, good. Try to put a PSA out there on that. So how late is too late to take it down? My wife usually keeps it going until it's completely dead in January or almost February. Sounds like Dana's a little low or slow getting her set up, but she's just as slow taking it down. Yeah. So, I mean, this probably goes into the, like church side of things, but I usually try to keep it up like through Christmas of the church calendar. So like to the 10th or something. I mean, I don't always do that. I mean, it depends on when I have my time to take it down or when I'm sick of the kids, like pushing the needles everywhere. (laughs) But yeah, I usually try to keep it up through mid January. just depends. But yeah, I'm trying to enjoy, you know, the season in different sort of stages. So so your your yeah. wife does the same thing? Yeah. 
for me, it depends on how spry Lori feels. I've seen it come down on the 26th and I've seen it stay up through the first. So it kind of just depends on how it's feeling that year and how much, how many different things are going on if we're traveling or not. Yeah. I mean, some people, so like our family will celebrate Christmas on New Year's, um, hopefully with my family in Nebraska. And so, you know, I don't really want to take that Christmas tree down for the kids until after we get back from there so that they still kind of recognize the Christmas season and that kind of thing. So I think it all depends on when your family celebrates. And if you live far, far away from your family, it may not be till through the first of January. Yeah. That's what Lori told me the other day. She's like, if we don't have a Christmas tree, where would you store the presents? I'm like, I don't wrap them till about the night of December 24th. I don't ever need a place to store presents. That's a good point. Uh, no, I don't really think about that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a great episode that I didn't think I would have a whole lot to say about. It's very interesting to think about the industry as a whole and and where it's going in the future. I think there will be a place for it far into the future with people like Dana and Annette always forcing spouses to to go out and buy real Christmas trees. So I know <laughs> it'll be alive and well and a, a great resource in the future for for small farms and. And then big farms, big Christmas tree farms, no doubt. But in Oklahoma, we tend to see the smaller ones from time to time. But we really appreciate you joining us for this episode today. We wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Until next time, thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. If you would like to hear more or follow up on the discussed topics, please reach out to your local county extension agent. OSU has a presence in all 77 counties with educators eager to assist you. Also, please consider checking the description for links to our social media pages and further information pertinent to the conversation. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon.